Welcome to Anchor Devoted. This is a podcast by two brothers who uh, love each other, love Jesus, and want to help you love Jesus in your new walk as a believer. Uh, even better than yesterday. Um, you can look us up online at some point at anchoredanddevoted.com. And uh, we'd love to, if you were to get in touch with us, if you have any questions or thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. So, Dave, um, today we're talking about church, and we're talking yeah. about um, some of the misconceptions that are associated with church and um, how we as older brothers in the faith can encourage new believers in the faith in their walk, both as uh, believers, but also as fellow Christians in this organism called the Church of Christ. So mm -hmm. one of the things that popped this off for us as we've been talking is uh, a uh, one of the things I've seen is that there is a a move away from institutions as a whole. The church is an institution. Uh, it was instituted by Christ, just as marriage was instituted by God. Um, but it's one of the things that seems vestigial. It seems like it's no longer necessary, um, just kind of a holdover from a past that may be laden with patriarchy and hierarchy and fundamentalism um, and unnecessary rituals. And we see this in a lot of people, a lot of uh, especially millennials who have left the church and have either declared themselves to be not religious or declared themselves to be Christians, just not needing to be a part of a local church. Uh, what's your take on that? I do think that's going to change. Um, uh, as people um, realize the need for relationship, deeper relationship, they do uh, lean back into what they know from their past. So I, I do believe um, and even see here, uh, that you know millennials are stepping up and i think encouraging people to um, live out their faith more i do think that um churches become uh, very much like government as far as how it's viewed um, versus uh, like family mm -hmm. which is what we're called to be mm -hmm. um, there is the the global church, but then there's the local church, and <clears throat> the local church is meant to be a place where you grow and bear fruit, uh, as opposed to are comforted and conditioned to follow, you know, whatever process or pathways that are being set out. Um, I say that because Jesus is the one in charge, and we're supposed to be following him, mm -hmm. not um, um, a certain study that allows you to um, feel as though you're connected to God more deeply when you need to personally <laughs> go before God in a deep fashion. Um, I think the church, even when you think of local church, there is a, um, a televised kind of church, a, um, a shiny church. Uh, right. And, you know, a, a church that beckons people to it, not, um, 
not for their good, but for the good of the uh, organization. Okay. And, um, um, that is something that you have to be abundantly careful about. Okay. I know that was a lot. Um, well, so you talked about a couple different things. I guess I want to ask some, let's help people understand what we mean by defining a couple of things. What is the purpose of the local church? What what is it supposed to have that is unique uh, that should set it apart from any other um, organization, mm-hmm. um, institution, mm-hmm. um, relationship? Mm-hmm. The church first is a group of people, two or three gathered together, um, that are followers of Christ, filled with his spirit, coming together to worship him. That's the, I guess, the simplest form. It can happen anywhere at any time um, and in any location um, <clears throat> with the assumption that people are looking to obey because that's, mm-hmm. God, again, God's love language, um, not to entertain themselves or, um, as Scripture says, have their ears tickled, um, but really to to follow, to listen, um, to learn with the goal of moving, not just simply head knowledge, but uh, heart change. That that is um, again a simple definition of church. It has leaders in it. Scripture mm-hmm. teaches what those leaders are. It has people in it who are supposed to use their gifts to support and encourage one another. Uh, we're to give to God, not. Uh, to the organism, give to God, and then the organization slash organism, the church, uses it to glorify God. Uh, the focus okay. is God <laughs> in the church uh, because we are the body and Jesus is the head. We are the bride. He is the bridegroom. Um, that's what the church is. What would be your definition of um, what church is? I, am, I think about the church in terms of what it has that no one else has. Um, mm-hmm. The church has um, a spiritual authority that I think is similar to a spiritual authority that a husband has over his family, but is it extends, it, it's different in that as the head of my house, I don't have any spiritual authority over you or your family. As a pastor, there's a spiritual authority that I exercise over all the members of my congregation, mm-hmm. not because I have some label, but because uh, God's given me a call to be in this position and he's going to hold me accountable mm-hmm. for how I have exercised what that responsibility is, how I've served these people. Um, I think that there are, you know, Mark Dever wrote the nine marks of a, of a healthy church. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of them are really good. I think that a church does have to be marked by the sound teaching of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be marked by the uh, presence of elders, as you mm-hmm. alluded to, or some kind of leadership that's been uh, ordained and recognized as the leaders of that. Well, I'll say organization for the sake of, of defining what the church is and how it's different. Um, then there's also um, the ordinances that, the Lord gave the Lord's Supper and baptism. Um, I don't think that those can are rightly done anywhere, but in the context of a local church, 
Uh, next, I'd add to that church discipline. There's no church discipline outside of the local church. Um, but if you're a local church and you're not exercising church discipline uh, in some level, then I'm going to question whether or not you're faithful as a church. I'm also going to question whether or not you are, in fact, a church. Because, again, the analogy here is to a family. So as a parent, there are things that I'm responsible to do. I'm responsible to train my kids. I'm responsible to provide for their physical and their emotional and their spiritual and their relational needs uh, so that they will be able to walk on their own and provide for their children's needs the same way that I have provided for their needs. I am responsible to train them, which means to train them both in what they ought to do and to train them in what they ought not to do and to help them by use of discipline, both good and both positive and negative rewards to want the good thing. My number one job is to be constantly talking with them about God and constantly putting forward to them, not my thoughts because they're mine, but God's thoughts uh, specifically through his word. Um, the church has all of those same responsibilities add to that they have the Lord's Supper, communion, and they have baptism. Uh, I, as a parent, should not be baptizing my children in my bathtub. Um, and we don't have to get into the weeds on this one, um, but I would extend that to say, even if I'm doing that as the pastor of a church, if I wouldn't go into your house and baptize your kid in his bathtub, uh, I shouldn't be doing that to my own kids, even as a pastor. Baptism is something that's done as a public declaration of my choice to follow Christ and to join the community of believers. Um, you can't make that public declaration without the community of believers being present. Uh, so there's, there's, those are at least some of the things, and um, you know, we could we could talk about possibly there are more. But at the end of the day, as you said, it's about a, it is a group of people coming together to follow and obey Christ, specifically to carry out the mission that Christ has, which is to declare the gospel in all the world, that the name of Christ might be lifted up, that is missions, and to do so uh, while helping the members of that congregation to grow into full-fledged believers who can carry on their own discipling others. It's it's a disciple-making uh, factory. It should be. And should be. Yeah, I, again, we're talking about biblical what biblical church looks like, how you know if you're in a biblical church. And we've kind of counterpointed this a little bit by talking about attractional church mm -hmm. or about... Uh, church that makes you feel good, uh, comfort church, therapeutic church, perhaps would be a good way to say that. And I don't, th where those churches meet the basic standard of what a church needs to be, I applaud them. Where they don't, I think they really need to take a look at what they're doing and make some changes. And I would encourage anyone who does find themselves in a church that is primarily attractional, primarily focused on um, getting feet through the door and noses to count, or having a some kind of show that is cutting edge, 
Um, cutting edge has never been what the church has been called to, and there's nothing wrong with being on the cutting edge of technology, but cutting edge is not the mission of Christ. The cutting edge for Christians should be where missions has not yet reached. That's where our cutting edge is to be. How are we reaching out with the gospel where the gospel has not yet gone? As Paul said. Local, and that's why local church is important. Um, absolutely. Like you, you need to not be in an online church in Texas and you're living in, you know, Tallahassee or you're, <laughs> you know, some other, you're in Alaska or Maryland. And again, you like the church in Texas. So you're worshiping online. Sure. The reality is you're making no impact for God in your community. You're not um, holding anyone accountable and no one's holding you accountable. You aren't um, uh, being challenged to uh, to love others as you love yourself, as well as to live a disciplined life, which is what believers are called to do. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's one of those things where if the show is the main thing in your relationship with the church, the Sunday service, uh, then it's fast food. Because you're doing the same thing that you know we do for KFC or McDonald's. You're looking for someone to give you what you want, and then you leave, and that's the relationship. Um, it's very much transactional versus okay. relational, which is what the church is supposed to be. And that's why I say organism versus organization. Yeah, I, I say the church is both. It has to have that structure that we see in Timothy. Mm -hmm. It has to have those leaders as well as it has to have the members using their gifts and following the spirit because members hold, you know, we're supposed to keep each other in check. It's not just that the pastor is supposed to do this or the elders. We're all supposed to be doing this with one another. We're living life together as we all follow Christ in our daily journeys, moment by moment. There's no pastor that I know of that's walking around with, you know, 5,000 people you know, moment by moment, checking in on all their stuff while they're working and whatnot. No, right. we have the Holy Spirit for that, and we have siblings in Christ who we draw close to who can challenge us. Right. And pray over us and pray with us and cry with us. Um, and that that is church. Um, it is highly messy. It's highly relational. Um, and it's what matters to God. It's eternal. Um, the other stuff, uh, the flashy stuff, the stuff that gets you in the door, but doesn't grow you, doesn't, you know, cause you to realize that God is in a pruning season in your life or challenge mm -hmm. you to share or challenge others in their life isn't one where, again, you're going to grow. Mm -hmm. okay? well, a church that doesn't inspire you to be missional, even if you don't feel that is your calling. But this is an understanding that you are to be on mission wherever you are is what the church does. That is that disciple making factory. It's not a, oh, well, I'm not a missionary. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're a dead sacrifice. Um, you're a living sacrifice now, but mm -hmm. you're, you're dead to those old things. So you really don't get a vote. Um, you are on a mission. Uh, you have a purpose you've been created for and you're, you have everything you need. The big thing is, are you plugged in to a community that is also plugged in to Christ, plugged in to the Spirit, and embracing the words and guidance of the Father? Um, that, to me, again, is church. Um, you can't do it alone.
Um, and so I, I worry for those, as you stated, believers that, you know, view things as I can do it, you know, from home or do it by myself. Right. You know, do it without others. So elephant in the room here. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Go for um, it. Country of 360 million people <laughs> can't gather in churches. Sure, go um, for it. What do we, how do we as pastors respond to, mm-hmm. um, and let's focus on the new believers here. Let's talk, let's focus on the young believers. What do we say to them? And maybe there's a person there who's saying, man, I really wish I could be in church, but I can't be. And you're telling me that I really need to be, um, but I can't be. So what do I do? And, and, and let's also talk to the person who says, you know, I know, <laughs> I know you tell me that I need to be and I should be, but I really don't want to be. And this pandemic gives me a really, really plausible reason for not mm-hmm. being. And, um, you know, when the pandemic's over, when it's in a review mirror, I will probably come back maybe um, occasionally. But I'll still consider myself a Christian. I'll still consider myself a believer. Yes, I, you know, we looked at some averages here in, in our church and locally, and um, most faithful churches with faithful congregations have people who on average miss 50% of the Sundays in a month, which to me is shocking. No, um, sadly, I know that number too. Now, it's but, it's the world we live in. So what do we? How do we encourage? How do we redirect? I, I think that statistic goes to again transactional versus relational. Mm-hmm. Um, a place where I'm known versus a place where I go and I'm fed, and right. then I come when I need it. If I need a meal every other week, because that's my spiritual diet, and I'm fine with fasting throughout the rest of the week, then and and that's the norm. That's what I'm used to. Then I'm fine with that, or I can get it. You know a light version of a meal by not coming in and streaming it or something like that, or uh, doing something that isn't involving that relational uh, aspect. For those who don't want to go in the building, the building is not the issue for me. It is the relational interaction. Um, if you don't have individuals in your life that are praying with you and you are praying with, that are challenging you, sharpening you with the word, not their pontifications, but with the word, and you are able to speak up and into their lives as well, as well as in the ones behind you, Mm -hmm. then you aren't in a church. You aren't in a discipling relationship. You aren't in a place where God has full access to your life. Um, And so, that local hub, that building, um, allows for that to take place because you all are coming there for the same purpose. Um, again, everything being shut down, that purpose hasn't changed. There's still ways to do that. I don't care if you have to go to a park and sit on a, you know, park bench and talk to one another or schedule it, but there has to be that intentionality. It's nice when it's already built in, like it's on a Sunday at this time, right. blah, blah, blah. But no, you can do it. Yes, you watch the service online. How I have a group of, a smaller group of believers that I'm open with and transparent with, and we meet at a certain time outside in a driveway or um, in a backyard. If that's where you are, fine. But the church still has to go. It's not dependent upon the building. 
um, just that it isn't depending upon uh, that service for us to have communion. So like you can have a communion in your, if that's where church is taking place. Like that, yeah. that, that is where church is happening, but you do need to remember what Christ did and that's where the communion comes in. Just as you stated with baptism, it needs to be a public expression of this outward, of this inward change that is taking place. That doesn't take place in your bathtub. That takes place at a public pool, or it takes place, you know, some again, some place where people can gather yeah. and celebrate the thing that God has done, this miracle, this change in your life, um, from dead to alive in Him. Right. That 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 requires the body of believers, and it, it might not require all of them, but it does require sure. <laughs> some of them, and. For those people who just don't want to go out of comfort, um, I, I would challenge you to, you know, check your Christian card, honestly. Because comfort is not what Christ has called us to. It's called us to bear a cross and to bear fruit. And both of those are uncomfortable. So, yeah. I'm listening to the beauty of that sentence you just said, and I'm just letting that sink into my soul a little bit deeper. It's uh, It's so true.